Welcome to Career Tools. Today we cover the first part of how to choose the right chart for your data and message in a presentation. There are a lot of things that can go wrong with presentations today, but listen to this cast and charts won't be one of those for you. Here we go. Well, there's so many things wrong with presentations that you and I see today. We got to figure out where we're going to start, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to me how many firms don't spend time and effort and money educating their new employees on how to make effective presentations. I mean, it's it's so powerful. It makes such a difference in terms of the organization's ability to communicate with one another that it's just stunning sometimes. Yeah, I um one training HR executive I spoke to, the reason he gave for not doing that kind of training was it would just make their employees more marketable elsewhere relative to other folks who hadn't had that training, right? It w- it would make them appear better. Yeah, you know, well, the vast majority of HR professionals that I know wouldn't say something so stupid, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing. I I was stunned when I heard it. Because th- that would be a reason never to train anybody for fear that your people would be better perception or reality-wise compared to everybody else. And, and, and you know, the comment made, made it clear to me that he, he had no recognition of the pain and suffering and really the cost, right, of, of hundreds if not thousands of presentations every day at any large firm. And there are presentations every day at small firms practically as well. And they're terribly inefficient. And, and they're ineffective and it's something that can change and it's something that's measurable. It's in a contained area. There's all kind of benefits to it. You're always supervised and after a fashion or observed, it would be easy to provide coaches that could go and so on. But it was just amazing. So today we can't talk about everything having to do with presentations. We have done cast in the past. We have many more to come about presentation skills, but today we're going to narrow it down to one specific area that I think it's it's terribly exciting because it's not something that's talked about very often. And that's what chart should I use for a slide? Simple as that. Yeah. Too many managers and executives we've seen, professionals all over the place, use charts in a way that prove they're not aware of how to choose which chart, what the standard is for choosing charts, right? The right chart makes getting our point across easier and the wrong chart makes getting our point across harder and and frankly the danger is not just that they miss our point because if you're not choosing your chart well your your point is probably not clear right but the danger is they spend five minutes as you continue along making other points still scratching their heads and it, you know it keeps you from making your next point and potentially damages the whole presentation because you're talking apples and they're talking oranges and it just seems obvious to you because you've been working with this data for months and they don't get it. And you wonder why they don't get it. And it's because of charts. Yeah. And if your argument is complex at all, missing one point can just ruin the entire, the the entire argument. So exactly good. Okay. So what's the, what's the outline? What are we going to talk about today? Specifically six points. Number one is never put Excel cells into a PowerPoint presentation. And we mean never, 
But in terms of the way the cast is going to happen, we're actually going to do that one last um, because we want to get right to the slide message thing. We just want to also talk about the biggest mistake people make, which is which is putting Excel you know, spreadsheets in a PowerPoint presentation. Number two is understand the difference between slide topics and slide messages. Too many people just title their slides or charts with topics. Number three, if you want to show parts of a whole, you use a pie chart. Number four, if you want to show rankings, you use a bar chart, something most people don't do. And if you want to do a time comparison, which is the most likely for most people that we know, you want to choose a column or a line chart. And the last point in the, in the outline anyway is what we call the acid test. And the simple acid test for any chart in a presentation is, can we understand your message without your explanation? And usually that means having a clear message title, a title that's a clear message, as well as having the right chart. Okay, good. So, okay, let's, let's talk about the difference between slide topics and slide messages. I mean, if I'm talking about third quarter financials, then why not just put third quarter financials up at the top of my, my chart? Yeah. Is the reason why I wouldn't want to do that? This is actually a, a topic that, that we want to introduce here, but we're going to treat it more fully in another cast in some other way. By the way, that reminds me, we should probably say that the show notes for this slide, this presentation, and the slides that go with the show notes will be really helpful for people because, of course, there'll be examples and samples. Yeah, so so just a, a, a quick, well, I don't mean it as a plug for premium content, but if you are a premium content subscriber, then remember, particularly if you're in iTunes or use an iPod, you can get the enhanced RSS feed that has the slides embedded in the oh, show brilliant. itself. So as you're going through this, look at your iPod or look at iTunes and you'll be able to see the exact slides that we're talking about at that time. So Good. Very cool. Particularly helpful for this cast. Yeah, exactly. This is one of the most misunderstood basic concepts in presentations. And so we'll talk about it here because it relates to charts as well, but we need to treat it more fully somewhere else. And what's what's frustrating about it is it's also kind of a dangerous error because it's it's really not just misunderstood. When you get it, it is a Hall of Fame move. I mean, it really is notably good. And for everybody not to get it, when it's not that hard to understand and change our behavior, it's important enough to stand on its own. Clearly a top 10 idea in terms of presentation and so on. And most people just don't get it. We see executives, you know, late in their careers that are still introducing or titling slides with topics. So, look, the idea is simple. Basically, roughly, for each slide we present, there should be one key idea that we want the audience to think about or do something with, okay? Now, you know, what you said is, Hey, why don't I just title a slide Q3, right? Fair. Mm -hmm. That's what most of us do. When we hear the one key idea that we want the idea that the audience to think about or to do something with, we think, well, Q3 sales. And people say, okay, good. That's just my slide title, right? The feedback there is you're wrong because Q3 sales is not something I can do something with. And really me thinking about Q3 sales, I don't, I mean, how long can I think about the phrase Q3 sales? without data that relates to it. Yeah, but it's in my presentation outline, so it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's in your outline, which, yeah, people don't see. Most of us have slide titles that really are topics, right? I, I mentioned that. They describe 
what the slide you're looking at is about, right? It's almost like a caption to a picture. Okay, now, now there's an important difference between slides and pictures is that pictures are images, okay, whereas slides usually are words, with, with charts, of course, they're not. And of course, you have a chart, and the chart takes up most of the slide, then the title of the slide is likely going to be the title of the chart as well. But an image, sometimes we need to tell people what's happening in the image, but we're not necessarily trying to get, get, get them to think about or to do something with the image, right? Whereas when we present a slide, we're basically putting words on the page, and, and the topic, if it's a caption and we're just describing what's there, we're not adding any value, we allow people to draw any conclusion they want from our presentation. And the really great presenters that we know, that they've learned it the hard way, probably, uh, unless they got this early in their career, is they don't title slides with the topic. They choose a title that is what we call a slide message. And the difference is a slide topic says what the slide is about. And by the way, this is also true for charts. So a chart topic says what the chart is about, right? A chart message says, this is what I want you to think or do. It really drives people to a conclusion rather than giving them a heading, right? Saying Q3 sales and then having a chart with, you know, a line chart or a bar chart or, or something like that simply says, this is the information. And, and the frustration, the frustrating thing for this for presenters is the presenter has in their mind what the conclusion is, right? Think about it for a second, folks. You don't present and just throw random data out there. You intend to make a point. But if you look at your slides all too often, you'll discover your point is nowhere on the slides. I think some presenters make the mistake of thinking that they're telling a story, right? That they're going to present the data then in their words, they're going to, they're going to describe a story. They're going to tell a story. And at the end, they're going to draw this big conclusion, right? So the, the, the plot thickens and now finally get my message and effective presenters have found that that doesn't work generally. I mean, there are, right. there's, there, there are times, but it's a different type of presentation in most circumstances in business presentations, you get to the conclusion up front. We've talked about it before, bottom line up front and Pointing a, a chart message is your bottom line up front. Yeah, exactly. This is the conclusion I want you to draw. This is the action I want you to take. Those are the way to think about titles. And we don't want to even call them title titles. We want to call them messages. Yes, it's in the title location for the chart or for the slide. But we want to think not about topics, which is Q3 sales, but rather about the message. For instance, Q3 sales declined at an alarming rate. Right. That's a message. I want you to think about that. Yeah, that's a, mes that's a right? message. That's right. a conclusion. Right. Yeah. So rather than putting a title on a chart that really is just a label or a title or a topic like Q3 sales, for instance, or year over year store performance. Again, that's kind of an about title or budget trends or QA output metrics, for instance. We title the slide or the chart, the chart as well, with the conclusion we want our audience to draw from reading the chart as we have already drawn the conclusion, 
right? We don't, we're not trying to make it, as you say, you know, the whole story thing. We're not trying to make it dramatic necessarily. We're trying to make sure people get our point. And if we give them slides and ask them to read, and then we ask them to listen to us as well, and the important key conclusion, the idea that we want them to think about, the action, the, the concept we want them to take action on is only spoken, we're hiding the value, the intent, the goal of our presentation. We don't let the data, it's important. I think a lot of people tend to let the data drive the title of a slide, right? And maybe even the type of chart that we're going to use. Right, yeah, like that yeah, uh, third quarter bar, uh, sales bar chart. <laughs> That'd be a good time. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> right. Third, quarter sa- third quarter sales or annual sales trend, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, technically it's a trend because there's a trend line on there. Neat, you learned how to put a trend line onto a line, dr- line chart, right? Or even better, onto a, a column chart. The key lesson here is we let the message drive the chart's form. Depending upon what we're trying to get across, the idea we want people to take action on or what they're, we want them to do something with, that determines the type of chart that we're going to use. So look, we, we just gave some examples, right? Rather than having a chart title that says Q3 sales, we would have a message which, say, which says Q3 sales off 7%, Right? That is a message. Hey, we went down by 7%. We're not going to let them read the chart and gather that as a conclusion. We're going to tell them the conclusion in advance so that when they read the chart, it gets reinforced. It might be store performance improving notably or budget down 4% again or QA output beats regular and stretch goals. Okay. Rather than telling the audience what our charts are about, then again, and then having them read the chart and then explaining what the data mean, we tell them what the data are supposed to mean before they look at the chart. And then the chart proves what we have suggested. I want to say that again. Rather than telling our audience what the chart is about, sort of a vague title or topic, right? Then having them read the chart and then either allowing them to draw conclusions on their own. And believe me, folks, everybody draws different conclusions. And then explaining what the data mean to us. On the contrary, the effective presenter tells them what the data are supposed to mean before they look at the chart in the message, in the title, right? And then the chart proves what we have suggested. And I heard this from a guy years ago when I couldn't understand why he was using a particular chart. And he said, Mark, charts exist not to be explained, charts explain. He says, that's why I'm using a chart. It explains why I drew the conclusion I did and why everyone else should draw the conclusion they did. They don't need me. I can tell them what I want them to conclude. Then I want them to look at the chart and go, oh yeah, you're right. And this is a huge shift for people rather than, again, rather than us being the holder of the information, right? Rather than, as you said, in terms of telling a story, rather than us revealing the, the, the crisis or the, the key point or the drama, we let the chart be not the icing on the cake, but the cake itself, because we said, hey, look, this is what I, I believe. Here's the point I want to make. Here's what's changed. Here's what's happened. Here's how these things rank. And then here's the chart that proves the conclusion I've already drawn. And it'll be very hard for you to draw a different conclusion. Now, we've had to explain all that. 
right? At a high level. And we definitely want to explain that further, lay it out in, in a different cast. Let's really drill down. Okay. What does that mean for creating the right chart, right? What we want to do is we want to think about, okay, what, do, what, what conclusion do I want them to draw? What do we want? What do I want them to think about based on my chart? Once we think about that, it's easier then to walk through the guidance we have for the different types of charts. And by the way, we're only going to cover three. I think there are five. There may even be six different types of charts. We're covering the three that probably capture, I would say, 95, 90 to 95% of all the presentation charts we've ever used. So, so it's a little bit more complex than we're making it, but we're trying to simplify it so it's usable for everybody. So look, if we all just look to our the slide titles that we have to figure out what our chart ought to look like, Right now, what would happen is most of us would just see a topic, right? If we just see that Q3 sales, the example you used, we literally can't figure out what kind of slide to use, okay? And here's a sort of a thought experiment that'll help you if you're still wrestling. And by the way, when, when, I, when I'm working side by side with somebody on a presentation, they're trying to convince their boss of a budgetary opportunity or they need more money or they need more people or they need more time or whatever, or they need a raise. <laughs> When I'm sitting next to them, this is the point they fight us on. They fight me on. They say, you know, what I want to talk about is Q3 sales. And I say, no, that's not what I'm getting at. I want to know what conclusion you want people to draw, right? And I ask, what are you really saying? It's not just Q3 sales because otherwise, if your chart title is just Q3 sales, there would just be a number. There would be a single dot. Here is Q3 sales, right? It depends on what you want to say. Maybe if the, if you, if the chart would show quarter four from the previous year and quarter one and two from this year, we intend to show the change in Q3 sales, okay? But think about even that for a second, right? The title is not enough. Q3 sales is not enough. And this is a classic mistake. But then you say, well, okay, let's let's put down Q3 sales changes or whatever, right? Think of it this way, though. If you were to say, hey, you're talking to one of your associates, say, hey, by the way, Q3 sales were different than Q2, or for that matter, Q1 or Q4. What's going to be the first thought of somebody you say that to, right? Yeah, um, it doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. Did it go up or did it go down? <laughs> right, <laughs> really? right. If you're sh- if you're showing s- previous sales of, of uh, other quarters before you show Q3, you're wanting your chart to show an increase or a decrease, right? You're basically trending something over time. Okay, but think of it this way. Maybe you're showing us the types of products we sell in Q3. Maybe we compete in five different categories. Maybe you're showing us in Q3 sales how much each category contributed to total revenue. Okay, that's fine. Or maybe how they contributed to profits. Maybe you want to show changes in ranking of different categories' contributions to revenue or profit or to warranty repairs if it's on the other side of the, the coin, right? But if your chart or slide title is simply Q3 sales, your audience can't possibly know what they're supposed to get from what you're presenting without you explaining it. And that wastes the value of the chart, which can do that for us. And frankly, what I've learned, and this is, this is sort of an, a bonus to this, this presentation. If your chart sends the message, if your chart drives home the point, about what you want your audience thinking about based on the message that you've got at the top of the chart or the top of the slide, and then you have your chart, which proves it or nails it down. 
it's much easier for us to be, for you to be focusing on the audience and their response to your conclusion or your idea or your impetus to your call to action when you're not actually having to do it yourself and memorize the exact right words that sound best to make your point. If the chart itself does it along with the message, the, the title, if you will, you can be paying much more attention to the audience and saying less. And by paying attention to the audience and saying less, you have a better chance of accurately predicting where there might be problems or, or whether or not the audience is with you and whether or not you need to make time for questions and so on. So the key there is title your chart with the message, not the topic you want your audience to receive. A topic is simply a heading for the underlying data and headings aren't helpful. Messages is where we want to go. The great thing about this is, luckily, for each type of message you could have, there's only one or two possible chart types that communicate that message pretty effectively. So if you do the work in advance, and I mean, when you think about it, Mike, that's so much of what we recommend, right? Rather than winging it or rather than doing it on the fly, which we often do, what we ought to do is a little bit of advance work, make a decision early. That changes how we would present or how we would talk to someone. Uh, it would change the way we would pitch something depending upon their disc profile, for instance. A little bit of advance work, as is so often the case, makes it easier to do the hard work at the dramatic moments and is much more likely that you're going to get the right kind of feedback. Okay, so let's talk about pie charts. For for some reason, I I, I don't know why, pie charts are terribly popular among a lot of professionals for what else? Maybe it's just the ease of creating them in Excel, or maybe it's you get a chance to use a whole bunch of different new colors or something like that. Maybe it's the shape. I don't know, but right. it often gets thrown out there on a presentation for the wrong reason. And yeah. really the only reason for a pie chart is to show parts of a whole. If you're seeing a pie chart and it's asking you to do anything else other than understand the relationship of a series of components that make up a whole and that are that are both necessary and sufficient to make up the whole. In other words, you need all of these things and all of them are in the pie chart. If you're seeing it for any other reason than that, it's ineffective and probably it messes with your head a little bit. You definitely don't want to be messing with your audience's heads if you can avoid it. If you do a time comparison, for instance, they're terrible. You know, oftentimes pie charts are used to say, well, this, this is the market. And, and salespeople say, well, no, that's not the market. That's the market today, but it's going to change over time, right? So the total pie probably does change over time. So if somebody shows you two different pie charts at two different times, you want to run screaming for the hills. Right. Yeah. Two different pie charts at two different times trying to say, okay, look at that piece of pie, how much bigger it got over this period of time. Right. Yeah. Um, inherently flawed because it implies that the market is the market, right? And look, I hate to say it, but that's that's kind of an unfair dig at, at pie charts. It's true, but it's an unfair dig. The, the reason, though, that we mention time is because the majority of charts that we see tend to be time-related. And so if you see a lot of pie charts, and we know that most of them are related to time, that's a good indication that they're the wrong chart. Pie charts are the wrong ones for the majority of uses people use them for. And so your point was, the key, you already made the key point, right? Using a pie chart is to show parts that make up a whole, and usually it's a percentage, right? So you could do, uh, some examples might be sales of various divisions in one company. Companies' sales that make up an industry. Types of errors that are caught in QA reviews. Maybe not every error, but the types of errors, some sort of categorization. Feedback categories for a given product. 
region of origin for orders for the company's particular product or service. Yeah. Don't mistake us though, folks. We got to make this really clear. Just because you have parts of a whole doesn't oh. mean the one doesn't mean that you want to show them in a pie chart. Remember, the, the question really is, what message do you want to send, right? What message do you want that chart to say to the folks in the audience? So that you don't have to, right? Exactly. The, the, right, exactly. right, yeah. And if yeah. It's, you know, in, in the case of a pie chart, there must be a lesson or, or persuasive point that the comparison of the components in the system you're displaying that is valuable to the overall goal of your presentation. Yeah, ju- yeah right. Just because you have the components... Right. Don't throw up a chart that says, well, here are the components and here's how they add up. Right. That would be a pie chart. Okay, great. Thank you. What conclusion am I supposed to draw? Think about this for a second, folks. We love some of this presentations in stuff. We love the idea of completely different presentations. Although a lot of the people that get a lot of the air on presentations tend to be marketing people. And not every time you're presenting, do you want just pictures of rivers and streams and so on? But that said, just because you have a pie chart, if you put a pie chart in there, right? More graphics are better, less words are better. And we generally agree with that. But if you put a pie chart in when there's really no conclusion you want us to draw. You're just showing us some data. And then the next slide is one that we're supposed to draw a conclusion on. And then two slides later, there's a couple of more charts that are just background, but we really don't draw a conclusion. And then you show us another chart. We begin to not get that every single chart has a clear message and we're supposed to draw a conclusion. And we tend to start resisting drawing conclusions. We don't know that's what you want us to do. So don't simply put up a pie chart because, as Mike said, because you have the components, right? right? Again, it's the message. And if there's no message other than, hey, here's the numbers, then maybe there ought not to be a chart. Maybe you ought not to even say it, right? Exactly. Okay. So what about the examples we mentioned, like sales of various divisions in one company? What might we consider? Okay. Maybe you're going to put up the sales of various divisions in one company, and you're going to talk about the relative strength of the company's various divisions different than thought. For instance, division B leads overall profitability or surprisingly leads overall profitability or division B leads profitability for the first time ever. Rather than saying it's company sales that make up an industry, you might want to say which company is biggest or best, right? And then the pie chart shows that because there's one that has a dominant share or the biggest share. You might want to show which errors dominate the QA department's workload, Okay, you might want to talk about where potential problems are with a product or service, right? You show the pie chart, you show that 60% of the problems are in one category, and you say our problems are with returns, not with rebates. If in fact 60% of the, the complaints are in returns, then that's where the problem is. Okay, and then if regionality actually is a factor in sales success. For In other words, in this particular product line, the Northeast outsells everybody four to one when in fact, market share wise, we're roughly equal. Well, then you want to say Northeastern sales techniques or demographics mean for make for big differences in our marketing. And we have to capitalize on that. That's a long example, right? We wouldn't title something that way, but that's the kind of message you have to ask yourself, why am I presenting this? And what's the message I want to get? Now, if you don't mean to compare the various size of two parts of a larger system, okay, don't use the pie chart, right? The pie chart exists to show us relative weight, relative strengths, usually in the percentage form, because, 
you know, a pie has 100% in it, right? And we cut the pie out, but there's still 100% there. And I think many people make that mistake. They just think, well, you know, I've got this data, so I'm going to show it. If, it. if there's not a key message, don't include it. And if you don't intend to show relative strength, then don't include it. Now, you can show an entire pie chart to highlight a sliver. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But the message has to make clear what you're trying people, what you're trying to get your audience to draw a conclusion from the sliver that you're showing. And again, this is going to be treat, we're going to treat this in, in, in more detail that the whole concept of messaging will treat more in more detail in another cast. There's probably more to say about pie charts and we can't cover it, possibly cover it all here, but let's talk a little bit, just a little bit about some things to consider when actually creating the pie chart itself in terms of what it looks like and what it contains. Just let's just try to, to to hit the major things that people often kind of mess up on. Right. So the first one is your pie ought to have no more than six pieces in it. That's a good upper limit, right? Yeah. More than that is just like completely confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it, distribution laws suggest if you have more than six components, you're probably going to get to the point where you have a number of very small components which you could lump together as the, the category of other. So if you immediately panicked when you said, oh my gosh, I just realized I need a pie chart, but I've got 12 items and Mark and Mike just said I can only use six, we would guess that five or six or seven of those could all be lumped into one. Actually, it would be seven. If you had 12, there'd be five majors and one other that would probably be one or two or 3% each, and that wouldn't be enough that it would make a difference, right? Yeah. Well, this is another case where knowing what your message is, is important. For example, if the message is hey, this particular component out of 12, for example, only represents 0.5% of the market, then if that's your point, then you got to show that 0.5% sliver, right? But yeah. typically that's not the case, right? Typically the larger pieces of the pie, so to speak, have more weight and, and are more meaningful to the message. So the whole point is you got to figure out what the message is before you talk about right. putting, the, putting the pie chart together. Right. So, okay. Secondly, generally, the portion of the pie going clockwise from 12 o'clock, from noon, from midnight, is going to be seen and focused on first. Okay. So make that just because of the way people look at clocks, right? So make that portion the part you want us to focus on. Don't make your sliver down at eight o'clock. In fact, if you do example of pie chart on Google, you'll get five or six web pages that are talking about pie charts and have a neat picture, and all of them violate this rule. And the moment you see it, you'll notice it, and you'll realize, gee, that's kind of confusing. I kind of expect, I think there's a part of my brain that kind of expects the first wedge of the pie to start at 12 o'clock and move toward one, two, three, four, five, six, however, however much it is, right? Another point, use contrast in, in shading the pieces of the pie, either in black-white shading or in color to highlight the portions you want us to focus on. It doesn't need to be pretty. It doesn't need to be cool. I think a lot of people mess with that, right? Oh, let's give seven different shades of blue. Technically, that's probably fine as long as the one blue, the really, really dark midnight navy or whatever, is very clearly the one that you want me to, to focus on as opposed to some other lighter blues. The important thing is, how can I focus them, their eyes, with the color or shading of the chart to get them to see, to conclude what I want them to include regarding the message that I'm trying to send? Yeah. And 
interesting bit of uh, color theory that that helps, although it's a little advanced, which is, you know, cooler colors, those toward the blue end of the spectrum tend to recede into the background. And then the the reds and all that come forward into the presentation. So really, yeah, you wouldn't want to have your major point be blue with a bunch of red that is relatively insignificant. Even even if your company, what if your company color is blue, like IBM? Um, even then, even then, because you're not sending a branding message during your presentation. I don't Yeah. Think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good. Good. Uh, you technical guys, man. No, it's, La- photography. Last- it's photography guys. Yeah. Oh, it's photography. That's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. One more point. Please, folks, use a circle. Okay. A pie chart ought to look like a pie. You don't have any chance of being wrong with a circle. The visual representations of percentages when we cut out wedges of a pie are obvious. You're going to, you can guess them pretty close within a couple of percentage points. You know, if you choose to quote, make a pie, a pie chart out of a logo or a graphic or some sort of representative device and apportion that up, however you think it should be. You're just going to confuse your audience. You're going to make a rookie presentation mistake, which is graphics matter. And folks, graphics don't matter. Messages matter. And graphics do a good job of presenting them. Graphics do a better job of presenting messages than words. Okay? But if your message is messed up, making the graphic great, if the message is messed up, is is wasteful right? And if we can't get your message from your graphic, it doesn't matter how cool the graphic is. So don't do it. Yeah. And one other point we've got to mention, again, it's more kind of advanced charts and graphs, but um, stay away from, if you can, these three-dimensional pie charts. It distorts the message entirely. And look, if you're doing it on purpose, then okay, we we could argue whether or not that's an appropriate thing to do or professional thing to do. I, I think not, but... In any case, three dimensions distorts the the message. So yeah, it actually I it didn't. Do, haven't we talked about this before? And it does more than just distort the message, right? It it it's. I mean, it's really false that when you start doing volumes in in um yeah well, in bar absolutely. charts and stuff. I mean, if, if you take you know, just imagine your mind a a pie chart that's kind of on a forty five degree degree angle, right? That toward the front, if you if you looked at three dimensions, that toward the front is going to look much larger in comparison to a pie, to a pizza or a sliver or a wedge that's oh, yeah. toward the back, right? And yeah, if, you know, and if, okay, if you want to do that, and you're 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 trying to send the message that look look at how much bigger this particular wedge is. Well, it looks because of you're introducing volume into the conversation, right? And and in this case, volume means nothing, um, right? It looks instead of twice as big, it looks five times as big. Again, it's distorting the message, yeah. Yeah, okay, good, good. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll finish this one up next week. Have a great one. So long.